Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Does anybody got a testimony? You know that to be true, that your God is more than sufficient. Come on. Let's give him a great praise. Let's give him a great praise. Come on. Let's praise him for his faith, for his, his greatness, his faithfulness. Let's praise him for his provision. Let's praise him for his protection. Let's praise him for his always watching out. Hallelujah, Lord, we give you praise. Somebody shout and give God glory tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout and give God praise. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen, amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord here tonight. Amen. How many is thankful to be in God's presence? Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to begin reading in verse 16. And then we're going to read in the book of Joel chapter 2. Amen. And I love what I feel. I'm glad that Amen. There's many that were out this last weekend that were not feeling well. I'm thankful that God has brought you back feeling better to the house of the Lord. Amen. Glad that we can come and join together. Amen. You don't want to miss this next week. Brother Poindexter is going to be here. He is no stranger to ARC. Every single time he's come, uh, he, he brings a word for our church. Amen. This is uh, one of my closest friends, and I can tell you after knowing him for almost 20 years this is one of the most spiritual people i've ever met and i i know whenever i need a word from god i can always call on my friend brother poindexter and he'll just give me good advice sound advice and uh, prayerful advice and so i want to encourage you to bring people with you to the house of the lord it, it does not matter what they are facing what is going on in their life uh, or how difficult this situation that they are in right now might feel I believe that if you'll bring them to the house of the Lord, the man of God will preach directly to them, and they will get an answer for what they need. I believe that somebody can be healed in this revival with Brother Poindexter. I believe somebody can get a direction for their life in this revival. So I want to encourage you to be prayerful uh, in, in coming to this, and also grab some cards on your way out and invite people to the house of the Lord. We're coming up on the close of the year. Amen. And God has done great things at our, in our church and in the families in this church. God has added new families to our church this last year. Amen. He has added new families to our church every single year uh, that we can recall. And God is doing great things. But what do you say we get one more before the end of the year? Amen. What do you say we get one more family member before the end of the year? What do you say we get one more person that was on their way to hell and we pull them out of the fire? Amen. Before the end of 2022 in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so I believe God will help us to do that. If we will be prayerful about it, God will connect us to the people that are looking for him. Amen. If you have your Bibles, book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16, continuing on in our teaching. Moreover, when you fast... Notice that word when. For some people, it's an if. <laughs> I love the faith of Jesus. He said, when you fast. When you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. 
Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. If you go to the Old Testament, the book of Joel chapter 2, And verse number 12, Amen. Joel chapter 2 and verse number 12, the word of the Lord declares, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all. Everybody say with all. With all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Amen. He said, turn to me with all your heart. And then he starts telling him what he means by that. With fasting, with weeping, with mourning, mourning not just crying to cry, but mourning over sin and unrighteousness. And then he commands them to rend your heart and not your garment. See, it was in the, in the Bible days. You often read it. It's one of the most interesting things you'll ever read in the Bible, that when bad news comes of the king or somebody, the first thing they do is they tear the clothes that they are wearing as, a, as an outward sign that they are distraught, that something is wrong. And he is telling them not to rend the garment, but to rend the heart. How do you do that? Through fasting, through weeping, through repentance. And when you turn unto God in that way, he said, your Lord is merciful. He's gracious. He's of a great kindness, and he will turn from the evil that he would do unto you. Amen. I want to continue on in our series, Holy Habits, Part 5. Tonight, we're going to talk about fasting. Would you set down your Bibles and let's lift up our hands and let's pray all across this building. Lord, I pray that we would take this word, God, that is one of the motifs. It's followed all the way through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelations. It's one of the most uh, spiritual things that we can involve ourselves in. Lord, I am praying, God, that this would become a holy habit in our life. God, that it would be something that we would implement on, on a regular basis. Because, Lord, I believe that it's in this that we are able to see, amen, greater things than we have seen, Lord. And I believe there's new dimensions, amen, there's greater vistas that we've not yet seen. But I believe that through this we're going to be able to see it. And I pray, God, that you'd bless us with your word tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We're going to talk about fasting at the perfect time. Right after Thanksgiving and right before Christmas and New Year's. As you could tell, we all probably need a little fast today. Hallelujah. I just love how I didn't plan on this being around this time. A lot of things that I want to get to, it just seems like we just, we don't get to them right at the time that I want to get to them, but you get to them right on time. Amen. 
So we're going to talk about fasting tonight, and I'm going to give uh, some good words of instruction, but also uh, I want to give just a little inspiration tonight as well. What does it mean to fast? According to Brother Webster, to fast is to abstain from all food. Number two, to, to eat sparingly or of certain kinds of food, especially as a religious observance. In Hebrew, the word fasting means to cover your mouth. It means to abstain. Let me just help somebody to know what fasting is not. Fasting is not a hunger strike on God. Amen. For some people, that you'll understand what that is. This is not Gandhi going on a fast until the British government changes their embargoes and changes their laws. I want you to know that this fasting that we're talking about tonight is not a hunger strike against God to force the hand of God to move in your life. There are too many people that have used fasting like a hunger strike. And I'm going to push away the plate. And it's said in such a spiritual way that they have convinced themselves that by fasting I am twisting God's arm and I am forcing God to act on my behalf. I want to help you here today. There is nothing that we will or won't do, that we will or won't say, that can force God to do anything. There is no input that you can put towards God that will guarantee an output. God is not a vending machine. God is not the one that we can just push a button and now God serves us. I want to tell you, he's God, we are not. Amen. If there's anything that you could do to force God's hand, then that makes you more powerful than God. If there's anything you could refuse to do that would force God's hand, that would make you more powerful than God. But God is not, amen, the one that we can force, that we can control, that we can make do things. Amen. I say that because it's so important when we, when we start to enter this conversation about fasting because so many people go into fasting because they have particular needs. They have particular things that they're seeking an answer about. And there is a feeling that if I will push away the plate for a long enough period of time, then God has to hear me. I've just wanted to spell that notion. God already heard you. Amen. You could be eating a turkey leg. Amen. And God heard you. Amen. You can, you can, you can have eaten and God will have heard you. But that doesn't mean that you doing this or not doing this is going to force God's action in your life. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. I want to help you because that is what so many people get hung up on. Because they want an answer. And, and they're desperate enough for an answer that they will push away the most necessity of things called food. And they will push away uh, contact. And they will push away other things. And I, I want you to know it is powerful. Amen. And fasting really does change some things. But I want to just put, amen, the proper perspective there that fasting is not a guaranteed approach for anything. Amen. When it comes to when it comes to God's hand moving. Amen. Let's talk about what how to fast. Amen. Let's talk about the attitude of fasting. Fasting must be done in an attitude of humility, not to boast spiritually. Jesus put it this way. 
When you fast, don't be as a hypocrite. I love how Jesus is always talking about this. Don't be like the actors. He said that are of a sad countenance. Now, now let me help you here. I'm going to give everybody a little bit of grace. Anybody in the house of the Lord get hangry? Hey, praise God. You're in good company here today. You get low blood sugar. You get hungry. There's just something about that uh, that it is hard when you are hungry to keep a good attitude. I, I, I found a rule. This is great marriage counseling sheen in the house of the Lord. So I'm going to tell you, hey, Ben, if you are about to have a fight or starting to have a fight, you've got to ask these questions. Have you slept? Amen. Are you tired or have you ate? <laughs> amen. And if you haven't eaten, there's probably, amen, a low blood sugar problem. We don't actually have an argument. Amen. So go always carry snacks in your car. Young man, that's for free. You can take that into your future. Praise God. Always have a snack on you. But when you have declared to fast, amen, Jesus is saying, do not let that become your condition. Don't put on the mask of a sad individual. He, I love how he puts it, the hypocrites, the, the actor, for they, they don't just have that hangry. They're not just having an emotional moment. They're not just having low blood sugar. In fact, they go so far to the extreme that they put on this mask, if you will, of disfiguring their faces. They look like they sucked on a lemon for six months. And they want everybody to see them and take one look at them and say, that person's got to be fasting right now. Uh, you, you can laugh, but I've met people in church that this is how they live their Christianity. They, how you doing? Oh, praise God. I'm making it. Well, what's going on? Well, I've been fasting. And what they really want you to know is I'm spiritual. Behind the frown, behind the sad countenance is a desire to be noticed for something, again, we've talked about, that belongs only to the audience of one. Amen. Fasting is not for the other person. It's not for somebody to see you and say they are being spiritual. Furthermore, when you disfigure your face to appear in a men to fast, he said you already got your reward. When you do that, you have made it where you are now seeking the attention of other people. You might as well go get a cheeseburger. <laughs> Amen. Because you, you already got your reward. You got what you wanted. You might as well go and eat. He said, but when you fast, he said, anoint your head. Does that mean I got to go dunk oil on my head? That's not what he's saying. He said, and wash your face. What he's saying is you, you, you don't go through this season of fasting because what people would do is they would neglect hygiene and they would neglect all these other things. Let me help you here today. There's never a good moment unless you're maybe hunting to neglect hygiene. Yeah, praise God. That's for free. Wear deodorant. Take a shower. Don't, well, I'm just trying to be spiritual. No, you stink. Go home and take a shower. Praise God. Uh, but there's so many things that people think, well, I'll just neglect my responsibilities and my duties. There's some people, well, I, I, I'm going to fast, but that means I can't go to work. That means I can't, I can't be around other people. That means I've got to just lock myself away, be in this, this cave. That is not biblical fasting. Biblical fasting is something you do everywhere you go. Amen. You could be at work and be fasting, and nobody needs to know it. Now, again, it's as it, as it was with prayer, is that we don't pray or fast to be seen, but it doesn't hurt to be seen praying or fasting. You're not, the intent is not for other people to notice, uh, but there's nothing wrong when somebody says, oh, do you want to eat this? You know, not, not today. And if they keep inquiring, you know what, I'm I'm taking a day and I'm fasting. There's nothing wrong with other people knowing, but you're not going about it so that people 
can get to know that you're doing that. Because again, this is not to appear, that's the main thing when it comes to praying, fasting, and any of these holy habits. It's we are avoiding appearing spiritual. Hallelujah. We are actually striving to be spiritual. Not to appear unto others that we're spiritual. Not to appear unto others. It, it goes to anything that we do in the house of the Lord, anything we do for God. If you give to appear to be spiritual, you're not being spiritual. If you fast to appear spiritual, you're not being spiritual. If you worship to appear spiritual. Oh, look at me. I'm doing a whirly bird uh, for Brother Whirly. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. If you are out there appearing to be spiritual so other people notice you, you are not being spiritual because you're not doing it for the Lord. And we must do it for God. So fasting has got to be done with an attitude of humility. It's not about me. It's not about others noticing me. It's not necessary for others to know that we are fasting because it's directed towards God. This is between me and my God. That being said, fasting should always go hand in hand with prayer. Somebody once said, if you fast without praying, you are just starving yourself. Hallelujah. If you are fasting without praying, you are on a diet. And I hope you lose some weight. And God bless you for that. One who fasts and spends the day idly without repentance, without prayer, is missing the point. The person that is emphasizing the fasting, which is secondary, and de-emphasizing the repentance and the prayer, which is primary, is somebody that is missing the whole point of this. Fasting should go in tandem with prayer and a repentant heart. Not just repentance from sin, but it is a realignment of our spirit to that which God has for us. In other words, what Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. When we are fasting, we are putting our will off to the side and we are accepting the will of God in our life. In addition to our attitudes towards God, and our stance before man, our motives must be correct. We should fast in order to further the building up of God's kingdom by seeking to minister unto others. Amen. The prophet Isaiah received from the Lord the acceptable motives for our fast. Uh, amen. There were others that when they fasted, they did it so they could serve others. Isn't it interesting that before Jesus started his ministry, he went and he fasted. Fasting is not for other people to see, but it is for other people to experience. It is when, when, you, when somebody is fasting, they are preparing themselves to be involved in the work of the ministry, in the work of serving other people. If you have any inclination to do, to do anything for God, remember it always involves people. We talked about forgiveness last week. This week, I want to tell you, there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to have to fast. Amen. You're going to have to be in control of your own vessel in control of your words, in control of your thoughts. And when you're working with other people and you've not been fasting, it's a lot harder to do. Jesus fasted for 40 days. People think he fasted uh, and, and, and so that he could fight the devil. That is not why he fasted. He fasted, and after he fasted, then the devil showed up. Amen. After he made this but the very first thing we see is he enters into a synagogue and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted. He begins to preach to them and talk to them and proclaim to them that his ministry, which means to serve, to serve others, has started at this very moment. It started after a fast. 
So the mindset and the motive and the attitude towards fasting is that when I get done with this, I am not fasting for others to see, but I am fasting for others to experience this. Fasting must be done with an attitude of seriousness and sincerity. Joel chapter 1 and verse 14, he said, Sanctify ye a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord, and cry unto the Lord. When we fast, we willingly deprive our body of nourishment and the pleasurable taste of food. The body requires food for sustenance. Therefore, our hearts and our minds must be totally focused and directed toward God so that he may be the full source of our strength during this time of fasting. Amen. It is a sanctified moment. It is a holy moment. When you declare a fast, it is not just you starving yourself. Paul put it this way, I was in hungers often, in fastings often. Notice how he differentiated between the two. Because there's a difference between fasting and being hungry. Being hungry is you don't have an option at food. Hallelujah. If you don't have any food, you are not fasting. I'm sure Paul would have loved to say, well, I, I don't have any food right now, so I'm just going to declare this as a fast. No, no, fasting is when you have the option, but you push it away. Yeah. Amen, I'm going to fast from being a millionaire. <laughs> well, I don't have the ability, so I'm not fasting. I'm just going hungry. Hallelujah. And so uh, it's, it's, it, you've got to have the ability. Uh, there's got to be something there. So some people are thinking, I'm going to wait for the perfect moment when the pantry is empty. Amen. And I don't have anything in the house that will tempt me and the cake has been all eaten. I know people, they're like this. They bulk up before their fast. Amen. For all my bulkers in the house of the Lord. They, I'm just, you, some people think that's how Jesus did it. He just, he just went and gorged himself for about 40 days before he fasted for 40 days. That's not what he was doing. He didn't hit the buffet before the fast. In fact, I will just give you a little piece of advice. If you're going to fast, don't hit the buffet beforehand. It'll be a lot harder on you. Amen. Don't, don't, don't go and gorge yourself on a meal thinking it's going to help you out. No, it's not. You're going to have a a much harder time going on, especially on an extended fast. But that's just some free information for you. Amen. And so, so we, we think that this fasting thing uh, is going to be uh, just done just haphazardly. We're just going to do it. And uh, because we don't have nothing, we're just going to uh, declare it a fast. No, you're just going hungry. Uh, and, and furthermore, it's always got to be coupled with prayer, as I've said. And so it's got to be done. As, a, as, as it is, it's a holy thing. Some people don't, don't talk about this anymore. They don't think it's important. In fact, uh, don't raise your hand, but I want you to think. Don't raise your hand and say, this is me. But, but think in your mind right now. Have you fasted in the last week? Have you fasted in the last month? Have you fasted in the last quarter? Have you fasted in the last year? And if you think over it and you go, well, no, I, I haven't. Have you ever fasted? You are missing a component of your spirituality that is one of the most powerful weapons and tools at your disposal. It's, it's not just starving yourself. People are starving and nothing's happening, nothing's changing. But it is the denial of self that is making a big deal. That leads me to my next point. Fasting is a sacrifice. That's why fasting was often coupled with sackcloth, and ashes. Sackcloth is this rough, coarse material that as the wearer put it on, 
it would rub against their skin and it would tear away at their flesh. And ashes, again, it's the same thing. They take ashes from an extinguished fire and they put it on themselves and it would cause discomfort. Amen. It was not meant to be a comfortable thing. Fasting is about regulating and applying hunger correctly. Everybody in this building gets hungry. While I'm preaching, you might be hungry. Amen. That's a natural thing. But when you fast, you are putting hunger in its proper place. Hunger is a feeling of emptiness. It is a, a desire for sustenance. It can also refer to non-food-related desires or cravings, as in we've heard it, a hunger for success, a hunger for power. Uh, it, 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 is, it is lacking needful or desirable elements. Hunger is the state of not having what one needs or wants. It is the desire and the yearning for that very thing. When we fast, we are denying carnal hungers in pursuit of a godly hunger. Amen. It is not supposed to be easy. It is not supposed to be carefree. It is not supposed to be comfortable. In fact, the best thing about fasting is it's totally the opposite of that. Uh, it is inconvenient. It is uncomfortable. It is difficult. But it's always worth it. If you are looking for a good moment to fast, you'll never find one. If you're looking for an opportune moment, you'll never find one. If you're looking for a day where they don't cook your favorite meal, you'll never find one. If you'll ever look for a day where you just weren't feeling hungry in the first place, uh, you'll probably never find one. Uh, that's why you got to have the habit uh, that is sanctified and holy where you carve out a time for you and God to subject your flesh to sacrifice, to get a hold of the things of God. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. There will always be an excuse not to fast if you look for one. Just like there's always an excuse not to come to church. There's always something going on. There's always, amen, things that need to be done. Laundry that needs to be done put in, transferred, taken out, and folded. There's always things to do. Amen. There's always going to be a potluck at your work on the day you fast. Well, man, I just know it was always that. It just seemed to be every time I fasted, my boss would order in some food. <laughs> my goodness, man. You got to order my favorite kind of food, too. You got to, what are you doing? And, uh, well, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait for a perfect moment. It's just it just seems to be where you fast, you make the decision, I'm going to do this, and there will be something that comes up to tempt you. But let me just help you here today. It is not coincidence. And it's just that now that you've pushed away the plate, you are noticing things. Has anybody that's ever fasted noticed that you get hungry for things you don't even like? Man, now, I'm just talking to people who understand what fasting is. One day, if you've not fasted, you'll get this. But you go on a fast, whether it's, there's some people, they fast for 20 minutes, they start getting hungry for anything. But if you go on even a day fast, a, a, an extended fast, uh, man, I'll never forget, I went on a, on a pretty extended fast one time, and I don't even like liver and onions. But, man, I was, I was thinking, you know, that wouldn't sound too bad right now. <laughs> you know, there's just things. And, and, and in other words, the things that are not appealing when I'm full, Start becoming appealing when I'm hungry and I'm empty. This 
is it exactly what it's doing in the spirit. The things that are not appealing to you when you filled up on everything else, spiritually speaking, all of a sudden become more appealing. You start noticing food everywhere you go when you're fasting. You, you'll notice that somebody's cooking something right now. You'll notice that your coworker's got something that's, that's in the microwave that you would never touch in a million years, but it sure smells good right now. You'll, you'll pick up things uh, and you'll, wanna, you'll, you'll, you'll forget uh, that you got mints in your, in your pocket. And all of a sudden when you start fasting, you're like, oh, Oh, man, I really, whoo, I would love to have some of that. Because now you are attuned to things uh, that you otherwise ignored uh, because you have denied yourself. You have put your flesh under subjection. That's exactly what fasting is supposed to do. It is supposed to be a sacrifice. If it is not a sacrifice, it is not a fast. But let me help you. I'm, I want people, because I've had people say, well, if you're not fasting 24 hours, you're not fasting. That, that's nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible. Well, if you're not fasting uh, from food, you're not fasting. Let me tell you, you can fast and deny yourself. I know some people, they, they go without eating because they get so busy. Uh, my wife's like that. She gets so busy, she forgets to eat. I don't forget to eat. I love food. Praise God. But there's some people that just get so busy, they forget to eat. But their biggest deal is they can't put their phone down. Well, praise God. They can't put, they, there's some people, they got 15 social media accounts. They probably need to delete all of them. But they've got so many things going on that they live for the likes and they live for everything else. They can't put their phone away. They're addicted to, if we looked at your screen time, you'd be embarrassed. Amen. If we just saw that, you can't lay it down, set it aside. You might want to just, just leave your phone at home one day. Well, what if they're going to call me? They ain't going to call you. They haven't called you all week. Uh, just leave your phone at home. Well, what if I don't know the directions? You live here. You got directions. You're going to be all right. Hey, we survived for a long time without cell phones. Well, well, what if somebody needs to get a hold of me? They can page you or send you a carrier pigeon. They'll get a hold of you. Uh, you, you're near, you know, it's like people say, well, my kid needs a phone. No, they don't. Uh, well, well, how am I going to get a hold of them? All their friends got phones. Call them. <laughs> Praise God. Well, that's for free. And so, so there's people that they, they, they just, I, you know, I, 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 I can't live without this. Well, maybe if you can't live without it, you need to live without it for a little while. You need to set it aside and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to just... I'm going to put this away for a little while. It might very well be you're going to have to set away from it. might be food. In fact, I think that's one of the best things uh, because it's getting down to the very base nature of who we are, and we're setting this all aside, uh, and we are looking to get a hold of God. Amen. Now, if I set that aside, that's my timer. Y'all be mad. I'm going to fast from my timer for a little while. You know, I know some people, they fast from a good attitude. Uh <laughs> Uh, you'll get that later. Praise God. Uh, I fast from prayer and a good attitude sometimes. But, uh, and so why do we fast? Let's talk about, now you, we talk about what fasting is, what fasting will do for you. Uh, but let's talk about why. What, what, what is it going to benefit you? First and foremost, fasting is a readjustment of your heart. God said in Jeremiah 29 and 13, you shall seek me and you shall find me when you search for me with all of your heart, exactly what he told the people to do in the book of Joel. He said, "Search, for, seek for me with all your heart, and he related it with fasting. In fact, often when you see repentance, you don't see repentance in the Old Testament very often outside of fasting. There was fasting done when somebody repented. In fact, all of Nineveh repented after he said, it's going to, you're all going to die. He didn't even give them hope. He didn't even give an altar call. He said, you're all going to die. God's going to get you. And the, and the king said, oh, no, 
we better change some things. He said, everybody, everybody's going to fast. In fact, the dog's going to fast. The cat's going to fast. Uh, the, the, your goldfish is going to fast. Everybody's going to fast. Uh, and we are going to repent. And when they did that, amen, God turned about just as he promised in Joel chapter 2 and said, if you'll do that, he said, I'm merciful. I'm gracious. I'll repent of the evil that I would do. And so when we fast, Amen. When a man or a woman is willing to set aside the legitimate appetites of their body or of their mind or of their life to concentrate on the work of praying, they're demonstrating that they mean business. They are seeking God with all of their heart. Fasting is an expression of wholeheartedness. Amen. As Joel said, return to me with all your heart and with fasting. Fasting helps to express, to deepen, and to confirm the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything, including our own hunger, our own comfort. We are even willing to sacrifice ourselves to attain what we are seeking in the kingdom of God. Fasting is not just going without food. Fasting is focusing on God. Hallelujah. Fasting with prayer, number two, is one of the best ways to deny our filthy and carnal nature. It's been said, whatever dog you feed, the most is the dog that will win in the fight. The same is true between our carnal nature and our spiritual man. Romans chapter 7, verse 14 through 25, Paul describes this battle between the flesh and the spirit perfectly. He says that the good that I want to do, I don't do it. And the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. And then he says this, oh, wretched man that I am. He understands that in my flesh there is no good thing. That in my flesh, I want to help you here today. Your flesh will never tell you to fast. Your flesh will never tell you to pray. Your flesh will never tell you to forgive. Your flesh will never tell you to give. Your flesh will never tell you to go to church. Your flesh will never tell you to dance. Your flesh will never tell you to worship. If you're waiting on your flesh to say, that's a good idea, it ain't going to show up. Amen. That's why we fast. That's why we deny ourselves. That's why we deny our carnal nature. Man, you know, there's people... In, in, in our world, I'm not mocking or making fun of people that have uh, weight problems, but let me help you. There's people that are obese in our world, and there are people that are emaciated in our world. I wonder what we, we see that on the outside, but I wonder what we'd see in the spiritual. Amen. When you are, when we're just stuffing our face with in and out and praise God for in and out Amen. And we're just enjoying Applebee's on a Wednesday night. Thank God for that. We're feeding this old flesh. We do it seven days a week. Amen. We do it 365 days a year. Amen. Our flesh wants a donut. It gets a donut. Paul said no man denies and no man, no man beats or just, just hurts his own flesh. He nourishes it. Amen. We're, let me just help you today. I went to the doctor, and uh, I, got a, I got all my test results back. And you know what they said uh, when it came to my, to, my, to my weight or whatever? It said well-nourished. I thought, man, praise God, I'm well nourished. I'm just doing all right. Uh, but you know, that's how that's how we are in the natural. We're we're well nourished. There's not anybody in this building that I think is starving. <laughs> if you were, I'd feed you. Praise God. But I wonder what would happen if we could see beyond the flesh. 
and see into the spirit. You know, every time you fast, it's feeding your spirit. Every time you pray and fast, it is feeding your spirit. Every time you deny yourself, denying worldly lust, grabbing open this Bible and opening it up and reading it, coming to church, worshiping God, you are denying your flesh. Listen, listen for people that think Christianity is easy, it is not. Christianity always, always ends up on a cross. Amen. Christ ended up on a cross. Amen. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's not bling around your neck. Uh, it's an instrument of torture, amen, and the destruction of the flesh. Paul put it this way, I die daily. It is a daily thing. You've got to deny yourself. Uh, there's a lot of things that we could do, a lot of things that we want to do, but when we deny ourselves, when we push away the plate, when we fast, we are saying, God, you are more important than this. Uh, amen. You are telling your flesh, flesh, uh, you are not in the driver's seat. Flesh, uh, you are not in control. Flesh, I'm going to live for God. Uh, flesh, uh, I'm going to serve God. You're telling your carnal nature, you do not have control. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Fasting is not about starving your body. It is about weakening your flesh to the point where God can work through you. It's not just about just, well, I'm just going to starve to starve. Well, go ahead. But it's, it's, it's just going to help you lose calories. Amen. And I've done that before. I gained them all back. Hey, hallelujah. Amen. But when we fast, remember that our flesh is always going to try to stop you from fasting, but don't give in. Amen. Because you are doing something very spiritual. Christianity is not for the weak. You are doing the thing that our world is denying to do. Our world denies self-denial. If they want it, that's why the Bible says in the last days they will be lovers of their own selves, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. The Bible says that the love of many shall wax cold because iniquity shall abound. In other words, they're so given over to perverseness. And let me tell you, it's not just in the world. It's, it's creeping its way into the church. Amen. There, there's people that their love for God, their love for the house of God, their love for the people of God is getting weaker and weaker and weaker because they're not denying themselves. Amen. But I want to tell you, if we're going to live godly in this present world, we've got to learn, as Paul said, to deny ourselves, to abstain from worldly lusts. How do you say no? You work on your resolve. By saying no on a fast day, you are building up and strengthening your will. Everybody's got a will. The will is so powerful that God himself instituted it, and he will not change your will. You must submit your will. And the devil does not have control over your will. When you come before God, it doesn't matter if you're possessed with devils like the wild man of Gadara. When he came before God, he had a legion of devils, but he still had the will to worship God. The devil cannot control your will. You must relinquish your will. And God will not. God's got all power, but God will not control your will. You must relinquish your will. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something here today. Prayer is me getting a hold of God. Fasting is me getting a hold of me.
For those that think, well, fasting is my key and my ticket to get God to move or to do something. No, it's not. It's your ticket to get your flesh under control and under subjection. Listen, if we want to have the greatest revival we've ever had, it's not through great marketing. We're going to do the best we can to have good marketing. It's not through great programs. We're going to do our best to have great programs. It's not through great music. We're going to do our best to have great music. Amen. We're going to put all those things together. But it's going to become from things like this, from praying and from fasting. It's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way. When, when churches didn't have social media, when churches didn't have this modern generation, when churches and people didn't have cars to get to church, they walked to church, they rode horses to church, they still had praying, and they still had fasting, and they had a mighty revival. And the answer has not changed. The, re the recipe has not changed. If God asked them to do it, God's going to ask us to do it. If God required it of them, he's going to require it of us. That's why he said, when you fast. Let's stand across the building and let's lift up our hands and let's magnify the Lord all across this building. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Amen. Come on, it's, it's me getting a hold of me so that God can work through me. It's me telling my flesh, you are not in control. You are Carnal mind is the enemy of God. I don't want to have a carnal mind. I don't want to be at odds with God. I don't want to come to church and hear the preacher preach but have such a carnal mind that I'm in opposition to the very thing that is good for me. Amen. I don't want to, I don't want to come and, and be instructed on those that I'm opposing. Amen. When God is trying to speak to me, I've got to get a hold of my flesh and get it under control. Fasting is, is not easy. In fact, that's why most people don't do it. Because there's always something, well, I got a, man, I got a, got a hard job. I got a manual labor. Listen, I, I'm not going to speak to anybody's health concerns. That's between you and Jesus. Again, this is not for me. This is for you. But we will never have a spiritual revival church if we don't fast. Now, I believe we've got a spiritual growing revival church. But if we didn't want to fast, we might as well close up shop and go home. Because we're just making the decision we're going to let our flesh win. Oh, flesh don't feel like going to church today. Well, not going to church today. Stub my toe. i got to walk my pet snake. I left the food in the freezer. Ah, uh, yeah. Flesh always wins. Flesh always wins. And, and it, it's... You know, I, I get it. You know, it's, well, it's easy for you to say, you're the pastor. That's what you do for a living. Listen, I, I, I'm the pastor because I did this when I didn't do this for a living. <laughs> because I love God and I want, I want the things of God. Amen. I, I, want, I want God to be able to work to me. I want to be able to preach to you and, 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 and not, uh, not, not, and I get it. There's always humanity. There's always the vessel. You're always going to have the vessel. But I, I would love for the oil to run through this vessel and be coming out as clean as when it came through me. Amen. I, I love for what God has spoken to me before I minister it to others. It comes out as clean as the way that God gave to me. But I can't do that if I've got my carnal flesh always in the way. Uh, it's, it's so hard. Amen. It's so hard to pray when I've got my carnal flesh in the way. It's so hard to have faith when I've got my carnal flesh in the way. It's so hard, uh, amen, to get a hold of God uh, when I've got my carnal flesh in the way. So I've got to do something. This is not to get a hold of God. I love what Bishop Holmes says. He says, sometimes you got to grab your flesh by the nap of the neck. I can't say it like a flesh. <laughs> You're not in control. You're not in control. 
People that don't control their flesh, every time you fast, you are, you are going to the gym. And you are lifting weights for your will. There's some people that couldn't say no right now to the simplest temptation. But when you fast, you're going to gain a strength that you did not have. You're going to get a sense of presence. Amen. And God's going to give you. Amen. It's, it's not that God didn't already have that power there. It's that sometimes we become deafened to it. Let's talk about fasting on the last point that I'm going to make here tonight. Fasting breaks strongholds. Let me say that again. Fasting breaks strongholds. Fasting does not force God, but it sure forces the devil. Fasting does not force God, but it's forcing me. And fasting is not forcing God, but it's forcing my adversary. Isaiah 58 and 6, he said, is this not the fast that I have chosen? What is the fast that God has chosen? When you fast and you're doing it right, you're doing it for the Lord, you're not doing it to be seen of other people, this is what fasting will do for you. He said it looses the bands of wickedness. It undoes the heavy burdens, and it lets the oppressed go free. And you break every yoke. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've been going through. You don't know what I'm struggling through. It breaks every yoke. He said in this fast, it's not just for you to be appearing to be spiritual. This is what else it does. It is used to deal bread to the hungry. Because when I'm not eating, I, I start thinking about those that haven't eaten. I start, when I'm, when I'm denying myself, I start thinking about other people, not just me. It's not about me anymore. It's about other people. Amen. That you bring the poor that are cast out into your house. When you see the naked, do you cover them? And that you hide not thyself from your own flesh. Amen. What he's saying is when you deny yourself, when you get out of selfishness, you start moving your way into selflessness. This is how Jesus could minister for three and a half years and then die on a cross. He spent the time fasting in the days of his flesh, not because he needed to be more spiritual. He was, he was letting the flesh know, flesh, you're not in control. You are the sacrifice for these people to be saved. Mark chapter 9, verse 28, last scripture. And when he was coming to the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? I preached on this a little while ago. How come we couldn't cast out the devil? Amen. And he said to them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Can I help somebody here tonight? There are spiritual dimensions that are only reached through prayer and fasting. There is a dominion in your life that only comes by prayer and fasting. Again, I didn't say God's, you're going to force God's hand, but I want to tell you, God's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, but we are so wrapped up oftentimes in carnality and carnal thinking that we don't take hold of the gifts and callings that God already gave to us. Amen. We're so wrapped up with carnality, amen, that we can't get a hold of the weapons that God has presented to us. Amen. But when we pray and when we fast, amen, we look at the devil as he is and we say get out 
Esther fasted to change the decree of the king and save the Jews, and it worked. Whew. David fasted when people lied about him. Amen. And let me help somebody. Uh, fasting didn't change those people, but fasting changed his behavior from the carnal instinct to fight back. Uh, and it gave him the peace to endure false accusations and hurtful attacks on his character. Sometimes you need to fast uh, when things come against you so God can change some things uh, in you, not to change things externally. Uh, sometimes we need to fast, not fight. Sometimes we need to get a hold of God and we need to say, all right, Lord, get a hold of this flesh because right now I'm not going to fight this battle. Amen. Then there's other times you've got to fight, but you need to fast before you fight. Samuel had Israel fast before facing the Philistines and God delivered Israel because fasting helps win battles. Jehoshaphat fasted and asked God to aid them and God did because fasting provides spiritual assistance. Uh, amen. Ezra fasted for the direction of Israel. Amen. And God gave him a word. Uh, you can fast for your future because direction from God can be found when you're fasting. When you deny your flesh, what are you doing? You know, there's a lot of noise in the world. You ever got in your car and you left it up all real high? And something starts playing through there and you forgot you were listening the night before? No, I'm not the only one that's done that. Amen. Sometimes I'm listening to preaching and it's right at that shout point. Somebody shout. And I'm like, <laughs> Our world's like that. It's just got the, it's got the volume all the way up. And there's just all these voices, all these voices. The devil's shouting. The world's shouting. Uh, politics are shouting. Uh, the bill collector's shouting. Uh, everything's shouting. But when you fast, you are just turning it down. And you're getting your antenna up and you're focusing on one voice. Nehemiah fasted to prepare their hearts for the written word of God that they found lost in the temple. Fasting will help you and provide, amen, the way to obey Scripture. Because not every word in this book, everybody, somebody said it best, every word, every, every promise in the book is mine. There's some promises in this book I don't want. But when I fast, there's promises in this book maybe I didn't want when I started out, but I pray not thy will, not my will, but thy will be done. Jeremiah was commanded to prophesy on the day when people were fasting. Fasting not only provides, prepares us for a written word of God, but it prepares us to receive a spoken or a rhema word from God. Amen. When you fast, amen, and you get a habit of fasting, a holy habit of fasting, you'll come to church totally different. Because I'll be preaching and you'll, ca you'll catch things that you would have otherwise missed. Daniel fasted to prepare his heart for the prophecy that would come to pass. He understood and knew that Darius would take them back to Jerusalem. Uh, amen. We must fast and repent uh, if we're going to move forward in every promise and prophecy that God has for us. Uh, Cornelius was a Gentile. He was not saved. Uh, amen. But he was brought the message of salvation before any other Gentile because he prayed, fasted, and gave. Uh, amen. Consistently, it was a holy habit in his life. The Bible declares the church fasted and God spoke to send Barnabas and Saul into the mission field. Fasting helps us to move the mission and the ministry forward into revival. <laughs> fasting is one of the missing weapons of the apostolic church today. We're getting ready in the next year. We're going to have a lot of fasting in this next year. We're going to start the year off. 
with some fasting. We're going to do that on a church-wide basis, but individually you could do it. And this is what I've come to say, and I'm done right here. Thank you for your attention. I know I'd talk a little longer than I normally do. You could be one fast away from a spiritual breakthrough. This church could be one fast away from a spiritual breakthrough. When you think about it from that terms, pushing away the plane ain't a problem. Because I need a breakthrough more than I need to eat today. I need a word from God more than I need to eat today. I need an answer from heaven more than I need to eat today. I need my flesh under control more than I need to eat today. Would you lift up your hands? I'm done. Thank you for your time and your attention. Let's pray. Come on, this is a weapon. This is a tool in the hands of the people of God. This is, this is one of the greatest things and gifts that God has allowed us to do where we deny our flesh and we say, God, I'm just getting a hold of my flesh today. I'm praying. I, I want to get a hold of God too. I want to hear your words. But Lord, I've got so many other voices in my life. I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to this altar? Let's pray. And let's say, God, maybe maybe it's one of those things that you've let slip out of your grip and you've let some things slide. That's okay. You can come and pray and say, God, help me to put some time together. Lord, help me to make it part of my habit. Maybe it's one a week. Maybe it's once a month. Maybe it's once a year. But God, I'm going to get it back into my repertoire. Maybe it's one meal. Maybe it's the whole day. But whatever I do, I'm going to do it intentionally. I'm going to make sure that this old flesh knows uh, that the Holy Ghost is going to win. Uh, I will be spiritual. I won't just appear spiritual. I will be spiritual by the help of God. Would you come and pray? I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. We could be one fast away from a breakthrough. One prayer meeting with fasting away from demonic forces leaving your family alone for good. Amen. One prayer meeting, one fasting meeting away. Amen. From the devil having to leave you alone. Amen. Leave your finances alone. Leave your family alone. Come on. This kind goes forth by prayer and by fasting. Come on, to the world it's just dieting, but to the church it's a spiritual weapon that we use against our adversary. It's taking dominion over our flesh, taking dominion over our mind, it's taking dominion over our enemies. I surrender to you. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Church, I'm telling you, if we get our flesh under control, the devil's no problem. If we can get our carnal flesh under control, revival's no problem. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I serve. to
Come on, let's, let's take a few more moments. Come on, let's not waste this moment. There's people that are praying right now, getting a hold of God. God is in this building. Hallelujah. He hears every prayer that you pray. But sometimes the answer comes, but we've not denied our flesh to tune in to his spirit. But I'm telling you today, if you get this, amen, you're going to hear God more clearly than you ever have. You're going to get a word from God more clearly than you ever have. God's going to give you direction. God's going to give you provision. God's going to help. Hallelujah. God's going to give you deliverance and dominion. But it comes, amen, through prayer and fasting. Come on, that's it, let's pray. In a world that's so full of self, it's all about me, it's all about I. Oh God, I pray, teach us to abstain. Teach us, Lord, to fast. Teach us, Lord, to deny ourselves so that we can get a hold of every word. Titus put it this way when Paul wrote to Titus. He said, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. What is grace? Is it a blanket? Covers everything? No, 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 no. Grace is a teacher. Grace that appeared, that brings salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You know that still applies today? We are in this present world. We're not in Paul's present world, but we're in our present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Zealous of good works. When we fast, we are denying self. It's one of the most Christian things you can do deny self it's also one of the most difficult things you can do deny self but I want to encourage you here tonight when you fast getting a hold of your flesh and saying you know what we're just we're going to do things God's way you, you'd be shocked that old stubborn will when you fast it starts to crumble and it bows its knee and says, okay, whatever God wants. Whatever God wants. And in those moments, you know, some of the most spiritual moments I've ever had are when I was fasting. Before we 
Before we got called to take this church, we were on a fast, calling, walk, going around city by city through Washington, Idaho, and Oregon. We drove and said, God, do you want us in this city? No answer. Sometimes I wake my wife up, she'd see the ugly city and say, not at all, and go back to sleep. But she was fasting with me. And, and after that time frame, we're fasting, we're praying, God, where do you want us to go? Get a phone call, said, hey, I've been meaning to call you for these three days. Fasting works. But I probably wouldn't have been ready to hear it if I hadn't have been fasting. If I hadn't postured myself. It wasn't that God wasn't working, it wasn't that God wasn't doing something. Amen. God was already up to something. And before we ever came, we went on another fast and said, all right, Lord, we just want to make sure this is what you're doing. And God started speaking some things, things that w- he had probably been speaking for months and months and months and months and months, but we weren't ready to hear because we hadn't put the flesh down. And let me tell you, God, God showed me some great things in that moment of fasting that I'm still looking forward to. People that get discouraged easily, everybody gets discouraged. But I'm talking about people who get discouraged easily in the church are people that have not fasted. They've not denied themselves. And again, having the proper understanding of fasting. Fasting is not twisting God's arm. It's twisting your own arm. People that are successful in the kingdom of God are those that have made it a holy habit to fast. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray one more time. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. To our world, this is just some religious idea. To the fitness community, it's just intermittent fasting. It's just something that we do to lose weight. But to the church, this is holy habit. This is a holy habit where we can can see the chains fall off. We can see the wickedness collapse before us. God, I know that we can go into our homes. We can bring prayer and fasting into our homes. And the demonic forces that come against our homes have got to back up when the people of God are praying and fasting. When they've submitted themselves to God, resisted the devil, the Bible says he will flee from them. I pray, God, this is a spiritual church. This is going to continue to be a spiritual church. And, God, it's going to come through things like prayer and fasting. And, God, I pray that you bless this people. Bring us back safely. God, give us a mighty revival. Lord, I pray anoint Brother Poindexter as he ministers the word this next week. I believe, God, you're going to do great things. And, Lord, I pray that as we pray and we fast, God, that you would answer prayers that maybe have been prayed a long time ago and work things out for our good. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Let's come back on Sunday ready for revival. Bring somebody with you in Jesus' name. God bless you.